This podcast is from our Tabar Gathering 2019. For more information on Tabar, please go to our website, tabar-network.com. Well, it's great. Um, great to be here. We lo- love coming to this place. Great to be with friends and to really enjoy uh, all that God's doing here. And uh, there's better days to come. Not that this, is, this is a great day, isn't it? it? Sometimes we're always like going on to the next thing, aren't we? What's next? What's next? What's next? It's a bit of a disease, really. Let's enjoy the day that we are in and what God's got for us here. Now, what I want to do is to use the seasons as a, a metaphor. Uh, I think when you look at Scripture, you see many, many times that nature or you know, creation, as we might call it, is, is put there as a metaphor you know, the, the, the waves of God overwhelm us. Uh, you, you know, there's, you know, the psalmist talking about nature and, uh, and the wisdom of God. It's the wisdom of God that founded the earth, that, that built the creation. Jesus himself, many of his teaching analogies were analogies of the farm and nature, etc. And uh, a lot of people are talking about humanity's separation from nature, separation from the creation that's causing a lot of mental health problems or all kinds of issues. You know, I mean, in Japan, they provided, a, you, know, a, you know, a notable treatment for people that are suffering mental health illness, you know, go for a walk in nature. <laughs> it's better than antidepressants. You know, well, so it's no wonder that, you know, whether you look in the context of uh, the Old Testament law, you know, you, we have the Sheba, we have the Ten Commandments, the statutes uh, and the statutes, but, you know, things like uh, how, how, you, how many eggs you take from a nest and uh, the whole rhythms and orders of life being built into what it means to have a, a, a healthy spiritual rhythm. And so time and time again, analogies from creation, analogies from nature are used as metaphors for uh, seasons in life, uh, spirituality, the work of God and the move of God. So uh, although I'm taking some liberty uh, with the seasons and I'm using them metaphorically, I'm in good company uh, with many of the mystics and the Celts and people that have, uh, that have tried to express uh, spiritual truths using some of the things and the images that we use around us. So I'm going to be looking at the seasons, and it seems to me that the seasons are vitally important. When we look at um, life, often um, you know, people have talked about the myth of progress and, and, and un, unlimited potential. You know, we've got this kind of thing that somehow life is all about progress, that it's about moving forward. And in a sense, life is linear. We, we do move from a beginning to an, an end. But we, we move in straight lines, but we also move in circles. You know, so we, we have a year, uh, a year that goes from January to December, but that year is split into seasons and of course that year moves into another year and just as one season goes to another season so the next year you have another season so you've got these circles and the move of the spirit is like that too you know we sometimes you know um alan talked about acts didn't it now every move of you have a pentecost but then you kind of have a another kind of outpouring of the spirit and another outpouring of the spirit so at one level they were moving forward but another level they were coming back to the same place where they started from, a bit like T.S. Eliot, you know, moving, coming back to the place where you started and knowing it for the first time. You know, we, we never, we don't move on from grace, do we? We keep coming back to grace. 
but the grace of God looks different to a, a five-minute-old Christian, to a 10-year-old Christian, to someone at the end of 30, 40 years of walking with the Lord. You know, it's the same grace, but it's different. You come from circles and straight lines. And so I think um, looking at uh, seasons in life is really, really helpful. And, you know, I've had seasons in, in my life, you know, and sometimes we look at, uh, you know, we look at the winter and I'm going to look a lot about the, the characteristics of winter and spring and summer and autumn and apply them to our personal lives, uh, apply them uh, to perhaps our organizational lives, the development of our organizations, the development of businesses, how churches move, because I think some of these analogies really help us understand what God is doing at particular times and seasons. So, you know, I had a season of church leadership. Started in, in 1983 when I was a 22, 23-year-old, got saved at the age of 19, started a church, led a church for 28, 29 years, handed it on to somebody, you know, when I felt that season had come to an end, you know, I, I, uh, one, uh, what I, it's actually someone prophesied over the, the, the person that I was working with that they would be a pastor to pastors. And, and I sat there in the meeting and thought, crikey, if he's going to be a pastor to pastors, or what he meant was a leader to leaders, I thought, would he better start leading this church quick? So I'm reasonably, when I hear the Lord, I hear the Lord. So at the end of the meeting, I went to him and I said, Dan, I really feel I'd like to hand the church over to you over the next 18 months to two year period. And then he said to me, he said, well, before, this was September. He said, well, before the summer, uh, I was asking the Lord and I was saying to the Lord, what, what's, um, what's next for me? You know, I really feel that I need to step on into the next thing. And he said, but I felt the Lord say to me, well, and I felt that I wanted, I wanted to be loyal to Revelation. I don't want it to be loyal to you. So I made an agreement with the Lord that even if you never handed the church to me, that I would stay. And so he said that in June and in September, there I am saying to him, I'm going to hand you the church. <laughs> so, so sometimes we have to recognize what's happening in our lives, how God's challenging us. And, and we need to recognize the seasons in our own lives, but also in the seasons of other people. That's good leadership. You know, I, I could have been, I wouldn't be the last person that stayed at a job too long, frustrated the living daylights out of the, person, the, the potential successor and lost them. And then end up bereft of no one to hand to, then you're in a big problem. Uh, so better, to, better for you not to be ready and to have a slightly undercooked successor rather than one that's, you know, been overcooked and burnt. The same thing happened to me with Fusion. I was talking with Rich Wilson on the phone. I'd led Fusion Student Organization for about 12 years. We pioneered it through blood and sweat, through, through to, you know, whatever. And one day I'm on the phone to him. He had no agenda whatsoever. Rich is not that sort of person. And he just said to me, um, you know, I've been really asking the Lord, uh, you know, what I want to give myself to for the next 20 years. And I'm in deep down inside the voices saying something, well, I really hope it's student ministry, you know, <laughs> because, you know, we've been together for 10 years and I don't want to end up having to train another person up for 10 years to get, you know. So I, I said to him straight away, Rich, I'd love, I, I need to hand this thing over to you in the next 18 months. Uh, and, and I'll be off some, in some way or another. And, and, and you'd recognize that. A, a lady that led our youth work for a number of years, you're very smart. She just before the summer came to Dan and said, look, I feel my season. You know, my, my children are now coming out of the teenage years. 
Uh, I've been doing this for X number. The, the season for youth ministry is, 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 is over, but, but I do feel a calling to work in the church. Uh, I'd love to be administrator, projects, whatever. Well, she didn't know that our project person was leaving, going off for another job. And, and, but, but respect to that person who she recognized when her season was changing. Um, and, and when the shift was, was, was there. So I think it's really important. Uh, times, in, you know, and cyclical, you know, 24-7 prayer started in a prayer room with the church that, that I was leading uh, whenever it was 20-odd years ago. And then suddenly, you know, 15 years later, there I am working with and for and serving 24-7. And strangely, Revelation Church, the church that 24-7 prayer came out of, is now just coming into the Boiler Room Network, which is the network of 24-7. Isn't it weird? You go in cycles. Uh, things, things move in that kind of way. So we need to recognize these things. But seasons are interdependent and interconnected. You know, you can't have a good spring without a great winter. You know, good, long hard, frosty, dark winter, you know, gives you a good spring. You know, if you don't, if you miss the winter season and, you know, if you don't, if your seeds don't die and don't spread out in the autumn, you know, you're going to have enough spring as well. So all the seasons are interdependent, which is really, really important. And so, you know, it's not about, we want to live in summer all the time, which we kind of have that mentality don't we in our organizations if only we could be in summer all the time if only the sun would shine all the time well what would happen it would kill everything we'd have drought we'd have you know so 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 we need to understand that we need rhythms you know just like the day is another rhythm isn't it you know uh, the whole idea of uh, you know the mercies of God in you every morning and don't let the sun go down on your anger that creation itself has these marker points of day and night that are really helpful. And, and so it is within our own walk of life and how we watch our organizations develop that we'll see later that the seasons are really, really important. And although at one level, um, we, we can't stop winter. It's going to happen. We cannot stop it. It's just part of the natural cycle of life. But i tell you one thing, you can't stop spring either. You may be sitting there in a winter, you might be thinking, is this ever going to change? Well, yes, it will. One day you'll wake up and you'll hear the birds sing. You think, hello. <laughs> and it'll just be a little bit warmer. And the spring is there. And there's nothing you can do to stop the advent of that spring. It is coming. The seasons will change. Uh, and each season requires cultivation. You know, if you are, there are certain things that you do in winter, that you need to do in winter. You know, if you're cultivating in the garden in winter, there's certain things that you do. You know, there are certain plants that you prune in winter. Uh, there are certain things that you can only plant in winter. You know, last winter I went around and there was a, quite a few trees I thought had died one particular bush and I just cut all the dead stuff out of it and I thought, mm, I may have killed that thing. Uh, but I did it in the winter and uh, I thought I had killed it, but, you know, well, in spring you look at it, it's absolutely beautiful now. It's absolutely full on where I've cut the dead wood out that I could only do in winter. It's created room. It's created space for other stuff to come. So the pruning that happens in winter is what's creating space. But without winter, without the pruning, there's no space for the new life. 
We've just got this old stuff and we're using energy, creating stuff that needs to die and be cut away in our lives and in our organizations in order that we can move into the next process. And so cultivation is the same, you know, in spring, weeding, because <laughs> everything's going bonkers in spring. You need to, you need to intervene sometimes in the garden to create some space. Sometimes when things are growing in our lives and growing in our organizations, you, there's an intervention that's needed, there's a stewarding of needed, that's needed in our lives in different seasons in, in different times. And, you know, every season sees the departure of one creature and the arrival of another. You know, it's like that of the lake. You know, in winter, the egrets turn up. There's a few other birds that turn up. The cormorants turn up as well because there's no weed and it's nice and gin clear so they can nosh anything that's still left over. And, and there are certain creatures that arrive. But there are others that are long gone. But when the spring arrives... You know, suddenly every bug is hatching and looking to bite some humanoid that happens to be near it. And, you know, when they arrive and they start hatching, back come the house martins. And then you get predators, the predatorial birds. You know, you've had certain predators that have been there all winter. But, you know, the, the hobbies are back, the kestrels are back. And I remember one day I'm walking around and you've got the, the, the martins, the swifts that are coming around, taking the, the flies, and then suddenly crunch over my head, this peregrine sort of crunched right. I felt the wind of this thing as it, it, it took this swift over my head and, and disappeared. And that's, that's what kind of happens in spring. And, and it's like that in our churches, isn't it? You know, when you're in summer and everything's happening and the blessing of God is there and everything's moving, all sorts of creatures turn up, don't they? When the spirit moves, you know, you get a, the demoniacs arrive full on. They recognize when it's coming as, as more than anybody, you know. And, and you get, you know, people turn, oh, I hear this blessing here, I'll come. And sometimes as leaders, we, we, we don't, we find it hard to, differenti to, to differentiate in, in, um, in summer because so many people have arrived and we think they're belonging. And then when we get to autumn and winter's arriving, suddenly they fly off. <laughs> they emigrate to the next one down the line and you're left with those that are there. But the people that turn up in winter, this is a different thing, isn't it? The people that are built in and planted into us in winter, it's a different thing. So every season brings with it different challenges. You know, the challenges of a company that's seeing numerical growth, sales, you know, you're in summer at one level, you know, your, your sales are outstripping your staffing, you know, you can bankrupt yourself at that time with cash flow. The, the problems of summer are very different to the problems of winter where you're just you're battening down the hatches, scratching time to get your way by. So there's different seasons and in our lives spiritually, it's the same, isn't it? So, and we look at that when we we, we go into different seasons and see the kind of stuff that happens. So I think there's a lot that we can mine uh, through these metaphors. So beautiful winter gets a lot of bad press. You know, and the interesting thing is, you know, in, in a, so a movement, an organization, a business can go through seasonally. But on a, if you're on a leadership team or you're in a life group or a cell group or a house group, you're probably going to have people in different seasons. You've got some that are just in summer. You know, everything's going right, everything's happening, everything's good. You know, any problems? No. And you've got other who is, you know, they are, they're in big time winter. So what we do is we spend the whole time praying, trying to pray the person out of winter in spring. But they're going through a season quite often. Now, it's not the same as breaking the negative and the work of the enemy off people. But sometimes our lives are just going through seasons. 
you were going through a time where we're feeling a little bit distant from God, or we're going through a time where there are some deep things happening, or we're going through a time where, you know, everything is a success, success, or open or open, and it's a, it's a winter season, it's scratching time, as we call it, as fishermen. Everything's scratching around, you know, all the birds, it's not much, there's not much in the ground, the ground's rock hard, they can't dig up any, but they're, they're trying to find anything that they can. You've got there the, the coots of the lake, are all, also the one little gap where there's no ice there, and, uh, but you, you really need a good winter to have a good spring. And sometimes when there's scarce resources uh, uh, around, we really get to dig in to the reserves that are deep down inside us. And sometimes when God feels a bit absent, sometimes when things that are a bit dry, sometimes when the evenings are a bit dark in our lives and in our organizations, that's when we get to really build in and we, we get pruned down, which is, we've already said, is a really good thing, pruning. So positive, so good. You know, if you prune, I mean, I'm a disaster at pruning roses. I've got a guy who last year came and looked at, came and looked at this climb. He got this beautiful climbing rose and he laughed his head off. He said, well, you've got plenty of roses there, but you've got no greenery. What on earth did you do? I said, well, you better come and prune this thing properly. So he came and pruned it, and this year we've got, you know, double the amount of flowers and, and lots of lovely green leaves, you know, rather than no leaves, just these, <laughs> I don't know what I did wrong. But, um, you know, and, and there's, there's fruit in winter. I like, I like the rose hips, you know, on the road. Well, I make rose hips, it's great with gin, but nice with just the tonic without the gin, if you're not that, you know. I, 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 like, to, I like a bit of that. They come up in the winters. There's loads of them all around the lake. And because I'm harvesting them every year, the, the, the wild rose flowers around the lake are, are quite unbelievable. So there's, there's in the winter of our lives, um, it's really important for us to go through the process. You know, sometimes there's death, there's loss, there's hard existence, there's extreme weather. All of those things are really, really important. Because it's part of the seasons of life, isn't it? You know, we go through times we experience bereavement or we experience pain. We experience things that, that are really part of life. And, and those create that winter feeling. But it's all part of growing and developing us. And the, the great thing is, you know, some things can only really be planted in winter. Which is bizarre, isn't it? And Fusion as an organization was planted in winter. No one really liked us when we were started. We were a bit charismatic. The, the university, some of them, the, the, the Christians there, where they really, you know, thought that we were heretics. And, and they, 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 you know, they made it really difficult. It was very, very hard. Lots of criticism. Very hard. to, And a lot of the broader Christian organizations didn't want to identify with us, even though they liked us. But because you know, we were who we were and the others were against us and it might affect their support. And, you know, when we moved into spring and summer, they all jumped on board straight away because they wanted our students, you know, that, but we were fine. We thought, great, you can have them. <laughs> we like what you're doing. But, uh, you know, some things can only be planted in winter. You know, you don't really want to plant a tree in the summer. You know, you don't really, you know, because it, it's not going to take, the ground's hard, you know, the buds are out. You plant it in winter when it looks dead. If you order a tree and it comes through, you can get you get them you get them rootless. They come through and they say, well, you know, you can leave the thing in the garage for a week or two weeks if you like. You know, as long as you get it in within a couple of weeks, you think that's bizarre. It's really yeah, but the thing's dormant. You know, so you dig the hole, you feed it, you put it in there in the winter. You think, is this really thing alive? But by the time you come into spring, it's starting to come forward. So you may feel like it's winter 
in your community, in your business, in your organisation, really even in your life, that is a really great time to plant some certain, certain things, to dig in, to do some pruning, to ask the questions of what am I really about? What is it I really want to do? In summer, you're too busy to ask any of those questions. You know, you know my wife used to say to me, how do you feel? How the heck do I know or why do I care? I'm just getting on with life. That used to be my answer in my late 20s and early 30s. When I got older, I got a little bit more circumspect and I realised that actually the way I feel is actually dictating an awful lot of my behaviour, even if I don't realise it. So I became more reflective and began to understand what was going on. But sometimes if you're so busy, you can't do that. But in winter, when you're hemmed in, when you can't really go out, when it's freezing cold, or that lovely frosty thing where you go out and you get cold and you get wet, and you know, the dog leads you out, you know, and you get cold, you get wet, and then you come in by the fire, even those contrasts are really, really good. So some of the experiences of the harshness of times of life in our organisations that are like winter can really prepare us for the next season. I remember in Fusion, you know, we ran out of money and the trustees couldn't do anything about it, and they, but they wanted to pay us. Uh, the trustees don't like staff that are not getting paid. It makes them nervous. Uh, I, I told you, you're going to have to lump it. Uh, uh, and so we got together with the staff and, and I said, well, guys, you know, guys, girls, there's two options. It's either last one in, first one out, or we all take a salary holiday. And they said, great, we'll have the salary holiday. One of the guys said, oh, I'm so excited. This is going to be brilliant. Three months without salary, seeing what God does. I said, yeah, I hope your wife is as enthusiastic about it as you are. So we decided to pay. We paid the administrators and the rest of us, uh, we, we, we went for it. And God provided one guy who had already done 18 months on, a, on free salary. One of the members of the board said, well, look, we'll pay him because, you know, he can't really go back to his fiance. He's getting married in two months. Say, good news. You know, we're on a salary holiday. So they paid him. And the rest of us, God provided. But once that season had finished, um, since then, Fusion's never had a budget deficit. You know, God turned something around in that time. And you know what? The, the people that, the, the staff that came on board with Fusion was in the winter are different to those that perhaps came on board later, although they're, they're all living by faith now, the workers. So <laughs> I think they're the same ilk as staff. They wanted to hold on to that commitment. But it is the difference, isn't it? When we bond and we commit in those difficult times, the things that God builds into us in the harshness of winter are often a very solid foundation. And as I pointed out this morning, you know, uh, it, it, you know, in spring and summer, w w when the rain comes, it's just used up. Just it just it goes. It's great. It's really useful. You know, you know what it's like if you've got a lawn that's not watered. It's very soon dies. But what's happening in winter is the plants are not taking anything really. The grass is taking nothing. It's pretty sodden. You know, the farmers aren't taking anything. All of the rain is going into the aquifers. You know, our, our lake as a gravel pit goes up and down with the water table. So by the time you get to e end of September. You, you, there's nothing you can stop it. You can't stop it. From the end of September, the water level starts going down, 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 down. And, and it evens off about December time, and it starts around about the 19th of January, most years, it, 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 the water table starts coming up again and starts increasing. Because what's been happening all through the water, all through the winter, the water has been filling up that water table. And, and sometimes it's what happens in these winter times in our lives, uh, our walks with God, our organizations, 
That's when God is bringing in, building in the resilience and building up the spiritual resources that are going to sustain us for the time when we haven't got that. So when you feel forgotten in the middle of nowhere, nobody wants you, you feel like you're not recognized, enjoy the winter and let your aquifers be refilled because suddenly one day you won't be able to start it. You'll get up one morning and you think, I've not heard that bird sing for a while. And spring will have arrived. Spring will have come. So if you've got someone in winter and you're in the summer, uh, let's not try and do down the winter. Let's in our community, someone asked the question, how do we honour winter and summer in our meetings and not make it rah-rah, everybody's got to be in summer? And I think, well, tell all the stories. Have testimonies that's about this is the struggle and darkness that I'm in and I'm really grateful that somehow God is kind of with me and I've got the family around me. Have those, have those stories and not just the rah-rah victory stories. Tell some other ones, you know, actually we were rubbish and this went wrong, but hey-ho, we're still here. That's a, that's a good testimony to have, isn't it? Because <laughs> uh, it's real. Uh, and so, so let's build those kind of things in. Winter is really, really important. Spring, love it. That's me and my business partner with the Labrador. We just we were just flattened an area. We're planting some seed. You can see her walking through the woods there, and suddenly the the green is starting to come out. And and spring is a very interesting one because new when spring comes, you have new possibilities. We're not really sure what they are, but everything is popping up. You know, you've got all the flowers are coming up. All the weeds are going bonkers as well. Uh, think you know, uh, all, everything's hatching. You know, all the, all the birds, you know, the ducks are all having loads of chicks. Uh, but, you know, sadly, they go out on the lake and, the, you know, day one, there's 12. Day, t day two, the pike have had two. They've got 10. Day three, they've got four. Uh, you know, by about two weeks later, there's one very nervously not wanting to go swimming on the lake, you know, because spring is also loads of new things hatch, but lots of things die. You know, the swans have maybe nine signets. Usually one gets had by the foxes fairly early on. The foxes are beneficiaries of the fish spawn and one or two of them die. The foxes get those as well. In fact, the foxes get everything, <laughs> apart from my dog that loves chasing them. But uh, so, so, so spring is this time of possibility, but that's when, you know, organizationally, we're launching loads of things. God's moving. Why is it that people burn out in revival? It's spring. There's all these things happening. We're moving into summer. Everybody's going for it, but, you know, things are uncertain. Things are unstable. New life is fragile. So it can be quite a vulnerable time for an organization or for our lives when we're going through accelerated growth and loads of new things are happening. The good news is, is what a relief. Winter's over. It's great. You know, I remember we went through a real dark time as a church, you know, when some of the plants that we, we had, had deconstructed, we went through quite a dark or quite a difficult time, and then we felt to move out of our venue, we moved to another place. It was quite difficult, but I can remember that, you know, worship was a bit difficult, but I can always remember the Sunday. We, suddenly we were worshiping, and I just thought, this feels different, and spring had come. You know, it's like sometimes we preach the gospel in and out of season, don't we? We do the same things and then nothing happens. Or we preach brilliantly and not much happens. So we get up and we, you know, we do something really badly and then the Holy Spirit moves and people say how brilliant it was. You're thinking, actually it was rubbish. 
but, but somehow there's a seasonal change that happens. And when spring comes, the characteristic of, of spring, which is always welcome, <laughs> it is nice, isn't it, when you get out in spring and there's all this new life and new flowers and you think, oh, and it's warm and the days are getting longer and longer and longer, you know. And sometimes life is like that, isn't it? We, we, we suddenly see with freshness of new life, new potential, new opportunities. Well, when that comes, make the most of it. Make hay while the sun shines, that's later. But, uh, you know, spring is always wel- welcome. And we can seed and we can plant. As I said, life is fragile, but you can seed and you can plant. You know, you plant grass, 14 days later, almost without fail, if you've got water on it and a bit of sun, you're going to start to see it uh, coming up. And, and so when, when you... When you feel in an organization there's an opportunity and there's growth, that's the time to unlock the potential and to really go for it. You know, sometimes in winter we, we feel we've got to be a bit careful, but that's where as leaders we've got to be very wise. When we suddenly see the door is opening and you get you know, the Macedonian call or whatever it is and you think, hello, this is a time, an opportunity, go for it. In your personal life, when those things, when opportunities come to you, notice the change in season. Uh, and, and this is an opportunity time, you go for it because there's things that can happen in those times and those seasons that can't happen in other times. And creation begins to sing, sing again, some of the personal struggles abate. You know, uh, real, we told a little story about the problems with our, you know, uh, the daughter going through the braid tube and everything else. You know, that was a winter, a winter season, a tough season, uh, you know, a season of sort of trauma. Uh, but there was a time where, you know, I, I really got to the stage where I thought, you know what, I don't have to, you know, and, and I had to dig in, you had to fight, you know, you're fighting for, you know, the, you're fighting to keep your marriage right, you're, you're fighting to hold on to your daughter, you're fighting for all of those things. But the came to a season where, you know, I was still fighting, <laughs> but actually everybody's happy, you know, Chloe's at home, okay, still struggling with a long, long recovery. But I had to realize, it took me talking to a friend to realize, actually, that season's over now. You know, fight, flight, or freeze, I was fighting. um, But that made me a very miserable person to be around. Uh, And and I came back from a conversation with this person who just said, Roger, the season's changed, you can let go now. And I I came home with about two hours, Chloe had said to Margaret, oh, dad's changed. (laughs) The season had changed. And so we, we just need to... When creation begins to sing again, some of the personal struggles abate, that's the time to let go of them. We don't hold on to winter at that stage. We embrace the new season. We embrace the freedom. We embrace the long days, the warm sun, the wet rain. <laughs> you know, we embrace the whole thing and we go for this. We say, okay, winter was great, but I'm not going to hold on to the security of winter because it's a different time. And it's time to take my coat off and to get out there and start planting and start living. Um, and seasons do change very, very quickly. Even in a movement like 24-7, you, 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 get, you, you just started something, and you feel you've only just started. You're always already talking about succession and the next generation that's coming through because things move really fast. And, and, uh, and so we need to be ready for, for changes in season because they will happen and there's nothing worse than a succession going wrong there's nothing worse than a poor transition from one season to another summer love it life in full bud 
Um, we're just about to go into summer uh, over at the lakes. Those damsel fires, uh, we, get, we get millions of the damsels. You walk through the reeds and they're just coming out. There's these thick with these damsels coming all over you. You know, that's when you know you're in summer. Um, and of course, then you've got the big dragonflies coming down and crunching the little damsels as well. But they look kind of great. But then you've got the birds coming down and crunching the, the and, and then anything that lands on the lake, that's going to be eaten by the fish as well. So, uh, you know, you've got this uh, interesting, but, but it's beautiful, a beautiful thing with summer. Um, you know, everything seems alive and active. And, and, you know, suddenly the things in winter that you've cut back, you realize that they're alive. Um, you know, there were certain things that I pruned this with. Well, actually, one of the things that I looked at this window, I thought, I wonder if you're dead. Um, it, it is, I can just say, dead. <laughs> I would have to get my chainsaw out when I get back and chop that one down. But one or two, one or two others, I thought, you know, are you a goner or are you alive? I'll give you a little prune. And, and, and now they are just absolutely flourishing. You can see the life. You, you're, you're now not just seeing the potential of spring, but the potential of spring is now fully fulfilled with all the colours and the plants and the smells, everything's full on uh, out there. You know, the young that have hatched out in the spring have now survived and you're in, you know, projects that you've started at work are now beginning to mature and they begin to mature and bring in a good harvest. You know, your gifts, um, you know, that were... The, the, the burden and the desire was born in winter and the first few steps were taken in spring. Now you're in summer and you're high functioning and you're flying in those, those gifts. And it's a great season, but it's a terrible time to plant, isn't it, summer? You know, and unless it's those little window box things, but even then you should put them in in spring, really. You don't really want to be doing that in summer. No, but it's a poor time to plant. It's a great time for everything to be in bloom, but it's a really, really poor time to plant. And also the rain, the summer rain, is very, very different to the winter rain. The winter rain goes right down to the depths and replenishes at the deeper level. The, the, the summer rain is like <laughs> sucked up as soon as it hits the floor, isn't it? Because all that, you know, the moment it hits the tree, the tree's sucking it up. What it does get into the tree, gets in the bush, the bush sucks it up. What it does get the flower, the flower's out. The moment it hits the grass, that sucks it up. Everything's gone straight away. And it's like that in the spirit. If you are busy, you know, and the spirit is moving big time, it's almost like what comes upon you goes out the other end all the time. There's very little that's going down into the aquifers. And that's why, to use another analogy, Sabbath is really important and rhythms are really important because if, if it's just coming on you and going straight out, you can do that for a season. But you can't run like it full on. You can't run, 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 run. Summer, 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 success, success, success. Money, you, you, all, all that kind of thing. And just, and just live like that. Because if you live like that, you become a very shallow person and you're living from hand to mouth. It, it can avoid the depth. So summer's great. Enjoy it while it's there. But let's not overestimate the beauty of summer. You can get over, you can get overburnt. If it was summer all the time, imagine what would happen. Uh, you know, to the trees, to the stuff, the constant heat, all of that kind of business. So we do need those other times, those other seasons. But summer's the time to really enjoy the fruit of your labor and what's going on. You know, I used to be very, um, you know, some personalities are better at this than others, aren't they? Enjoying and celebrating. I'm very goal orientated. I like to tick things off. So the moment I've arrived, I'm off to the next thing. I've ticked that off. I'm now going on to the next thing. 
you know, I, uh, but I've had to learn to come, well, enjoy what this thing that you've achieved, Celebr- this thing that you've worked for, for, for weeks and weeks, you work really hard. Now it's done it. You, you, it's, you, in fact, you almost think you've done it before you've even done it. You're so on to the next thing. Um, and I had to learn to say, well, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to enjoy the fruit of what is there in the summer. I'm going to smell the coffee. I'm going to sniff the roses. I'm going to sunbathe in the heat. I'm going to celebrate this season while we've got it because autumn is just around the corner. And, you know, summer is a good time to the end of it to begin to harvest and preserve and eat. But it soon passes. Like with all seasons, they pass. And then we move into autumn. I love autumn. It's a great time of reflecting. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, that the, 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 best, um, the best petrol car that, that has ever been made will be the last one. You know, the best traditional church that's ever been planted, I'm not sure, there was ever, will be the last one. You know, because it's the way, isn't it? The product gets developed right to the end. And it's, it's, it's pinnacle when it's already over. And the new thing that's arriving that doesn't, you know, the last analog phone was probably the best one, the most sophisticated one. That, and there were all, you know, millions of them. You could get every time. But, and the first mobile phone was probably the worst one. But it was still better and more topical than the last one. And, and, you know, awesome is a little bit like that. We get to look back uh, on what's gone before and we can see things that we couldn't see. When we're in summer, I mean, spring, there's so much chaos from new life. Winter sometimes is a bit tough. You know, spring, you've got so much chaos from new life. You can't see much. You can't see the weeds from the, you know. Summer is so much activity. You get to autumn, things start to slow down a bit, and and then the mist comes down, and you can see the cobwebs that are there most of the year, although there are a lot of spiders in autumn, aren't there? (laughs) But they're eating the things that bite us, and they're good food for other things as well. So they're pretty handy creatures to have. Uh, But you you see these beautiful spiders webbed on these still autumn misty days, and you think, wow, you can see this. So there's things in the autumn as you reflect back that, that, uh, that you can see. And, um, you know, sometimes the autumn feels like summer with the heat, but you, you know the dryness is going. You've got the dew coming in the morning. You've got the, the fruit is right at its, its mature end. So you've got to harvest quick. You know, my leftover over apples, I've found this cider company that, that will take sort of 70, 80 kilos of apples and they give you half of your apples in cider a year later. It's great. And not that I like cider, I don't, but I just like the idea of getting cider from my apples. I give it to other people. But, uh, you know, you, 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 there's all sorts of stuff. And so sometimes when we get to that autumn period in our churches or in our communities, in our businesses, we, we feel we've got to the end of a season and we're beginning to reflect on what is next. Same in our lives. You know, we maybe we've run a course for a while. Um, you, know, you know, there's plenty of time for midlife crisis. Some, some people are now having it at the age of 28. But it's better to have a process at the right time when we start to realize our mortality and we realize the transitions. You know, when my, my last one, my, you know, both of my parents are dead. When the last one died, I realized I was, you know, like that film, The Last of the Moeckens. You know, I am the last of the Moeckens. I'm an only child. You know, I'm next, you know, and, and I've got to take my place as a father, senior father figure, but eventually a grandfather figure. That's part of the transition, looking at myself differently, you know, 
when I've always been a younger leader, where you've got some of the fusion leaders, some of the young, younger leaders coming, giving me a big hug and calling me granddad. I think, well, interesting. I didn't see myself that way. You know, that's time for transition. That's time for reflection, to look back and how did I get from there to here and what is it that God's doing in me and how can I be the person that God's called me to be in this season rather than continually holding on to the season that's before. And the great thing about autumn is we can look back, we can celebrate all that's gone before and we can prepare for winter, we can prepare for that period of change and that time of rebirth. You know, an SSC dies, goes through that winter period, it can't come out into the next season and we all need those times. You know, career changes. Sometimes, you know, there's an intermediate, you know, we, 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 you know, we enter the summer of a career, we go into autumn of reflection, and then we're in this winter period, we don't know where we're going, God's building into us, but spring comes out the other end. It's like that with families, isn't it? You know, you know perhaps, you know, a mother whose son was beautiful and mummy-oriented at age 12 gets to that 17, 18, 20, 21, where mother is the enemy, and for once, dad has come into his own. <laughs> oh, it's nice to be there, you know, but it's a difficult season. It's a difficult thing for a mother to adjust to and to get, get around, uh, but it's a season and we, we, we have to adjust ourselves and tool ourselves for that. And so we get to look back and we prepare for the winter. You know, with the lawn, you know, you've got the aeration where you dig the holes and you scarify. It, it, you know, the lawn looks horrible after you've sort of dragged all the thatch out of it, you know. And, and awesome can be a little bit of a, you know, as you look back, you don't really know what's next. You know, you could be the most brilliant leader or the most brilliant organizational leader, but suddenly you feel you're going into a new season and, and you feel like the whole thing's getting scarified up. It doesn't look great at this moment in time because it's beginning to deconstruct a little bit. So you're going into the season of reflection. But as we have heard before, the things sure change and so this autumn period is this time where we can look back and reflect and we prepare for the next phase we get the beautiful sunsets <laughs> which which soon diminish as we move forward so there there we see these seasons as I said life is you know it's it's linear it's also cyclical uh, and, and I think there's a lot that we can learn uh, from these things around us. And, and I think to understand that, you know, every, or every church will go through these seasons. You know, a newly planted church that you know, becomes, becomes a, a church that's, you know, beginning to give birth, you know, new converts. So it becomes more, you know, like a young family is fruitful. Uh, but then the kids begin to grow up and they go on and, and do other things. Uh, but then you've got to develop your grandkids, and you bring the cycle, and then you've got, but you've got grandparents in there as well. But you've got to bring the cycle all over again. You have to go, keep going through all these cycles to keep it alive, keep it alive. You know, you know, uh, you know. Apple is ending up like Rolls Royce, isn't it? Uh, you know, it started as this radical, alternative, rebellious, or you know, uh, alternative to the boring uh, domination of Microsoft. 
you know, and, and everybody danced when they got their first Mac and thought, yeah, delivered from their crashing, uh, you know, Microsoft desktop that takes 140 years to turn on. I love my Mac. It's beautiful. But, the, but you know, years on, you realize that Apple has become the most controlling, dominating organization. It's probably become everything that it stood against at the beginning, and it's closer than ever to becoming Rolls-Royce. You know, which is not a bad product. It's just not that most normal people are not going to be buying Rolls Royces. Although I'm still holding on to my Mac and my iPad for dear life. Because uh, the alternative is frightening to me. But, um, you know, but that's what happens with, in organizations and with churches and, and with movements. And if we're not able to go through the seasons, we can't reboot ourselves into the future. You know, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That is a complete fallacy. I have a Labrador, and I'll tell you once she's 14 years old, there's nothing you can't teach that dog if there's some food at the other end. You know, she's as smart as smart. You know, she's, she walks herself. I don't know if she's got that long to go, bless her, but she, she walks herself now. I open the gate, and she just takes herself for a walk. I mean, she does prefer company, but she's looking around and thinking, he's lazy, I'm not going to get one. Okay, I'll take myself. And, you know, I get a phone call from the anglers. Do you know the dog's around? I say, yeah, yeah, she's just taking herself for a walk. And she'll come back and bark to get let in when she wants to get in. You can teach an old dog new tricks. You know, you, you are, uh, you, you've got a huge brain uh, that you are only using a fraction of. That is for sure. So, so, so you have massive potential to learn and transition and do new things. And often the only limitation is what you tell yourself or others have told you. Uh, but basically anything God says you could do it is leading you. I mean, obviously if I said, you know, I feel I'm going to be the next ballet dancer to shake the nations, uh, it's, it's not going to happen. But, uh, you know, but, but, you know, within anything that God calls us to do, we can reasonably do. And we can learn things we, we can learn things that you wouldn't even think that, that you could possibly learn if, if we allow our mindsets to change and if we're willing to go through the seasons of, of transition uh, that will get us there. Let's, let's just reflect uh, just for a minute or two and, and then we'll have, a, uh, we'll have some questions, reflections, and, and we'll go from there. Let's just, just, take, just, just take a minute or so. Let's just take a step back. Spirit. Pray, Lord, that you will you underline and highlight relevant things right now. So any reflections or questions or comments?
<laughs> yeah, how regularity. You've had a 30-year winter. You've just come into spring. Then what's going to happen? I, I think uh, well, seasons are often proportionate. I, I think seasons will... I think seasons will be as long as they need to be, but I think um, we shouldn't fear. Once we've moved out in one season, we shouldn't fear that we're going to go back into the other one. We should just roll with. We should roll with what is life and what is alive now. That's the key thing. And of course, all seasons have things that go wrong in them. You know, we you know, we talked about the problems of spring. Obviously, summer you've got you know sunburn and all sorts of other things that you know you, you know. So every season has its downsides, but we shouldn't fear that you know. In a sense, God is the Lord of nature and the Lord of creation, and He's put things in place in our lives. Uh, and I think what I'm talking about is the sort of natural order of things that helps us move. But I think there are other things that are the periods of darkness that we get delivered from and we step into salvation. What we're doing then is, you know, in a sense, outside of God, I'm at the mercy of all sorts of unusual seasons and intemperate weather. Once I enter the, the ecosystem of salvation and my life is hidden with Christ in God, whilst the sun shines and the rain rains on the righteous and unrighteous alike. So I'm not bulletproof, you know, I'm not going to, you know, go through the world on a sort of spiritual hovercraft without any suffering. You know, the one thing we are promised in the scripture for sure is suffering. But but, but I'm, my life is now hidden with Christ in God. So he is the Lord and the sovereign of the seasons of my life that are going to help me mature and develop in a healthy way. So I would say... If you've been under dark times, great. God's delivered you from darkness to light. Now you're living in the light. What sanctification is like when you're living in the light is rather like walking with the spiritual seasons. And some of those seasons also walk around. So, you know, winter with God and in Christ you know, it's like having the warm winter log and fire that you can go to. You know, winter without God is no fire and no money to turn the electric on. So I hope that makes sense. Can we move ourselves on? Um, I think we can certainly we, we can certainly prepare for the next season. So we can, you know, I, I think there are, you know, the sowing and reaping, for instance, if we, you know, if in winter you, you, you know, you prune, you prepare and you move, there's a sense in which, um, you know, it's the, the spirit that, 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 that will make our lives effective. But we can prepare ourselves for, changes you know so when we're going through you know midlife changes or family changes or job changes or you know evident things that are outside of our control make economic constraints in our business really difficult well there are things that you can then do in that sort of winter period to plant seed prune invest for the time when the spring comes whenever it comes uh, but in the end the seasons do have a strange way of 
<laughs> arriving slightly unannounced. So, uh, so I think it, it's, it's that tension, isn't it, that Margaret was talking about, even this morning, to take it differently, between, yeah, we're awaiting the spirit, but we're getting on with it. And, uh, you know, you look at, you know, the birds do get very busy, don't they, at certain times of season, preparing for the next, the next season. And, you know, the squirrels get burying, don't they, and all, you know, every, it's incredible that, like, you know, you've got your, you've got your hazel, if you've got a chestnut tree, and, you know, all those, they're sitting there, the nuts are sitting there, you're thinking, right, I'm having those, you know, but they're not quite ready to pick yet. You go to sleep, they get ready over the night, you come out in the morning, the squirrels have had the lot, you know, <laughs> and they're all, they're all buried for next year, you know, so I think there are things that we can do to store up ready for the next season. But sometimes it's just, I think what I'm really saying is enjoy what winter has got to offer. Enjoy what every season has got to offer and celebrate that and enjoy it and enjoy the growth and the benefit and the beauty that's even in those more hidden times, you know, those beautiful winter frosty mornings and all that kind of stuff, you know. You don't really want Christmas in summer, do you? It doesn't work for me. But anyway. Let's go off in it. I mean, the Australians would contest that, obviously. Um, so, any other? Any sort of So it's and I think it's proper. I think with that. So how do you when some people are young people and other things changing in culture where you're moving so fast? It seems like you've got been a bit late. It's a, but it's a, it's a bit like April. You've had every season in the one day. I, I would say that those guys are probably in that April period where you've got all kind of weather in one day but it's not really, underneath that you've got to ask the question what season are they really in and I think it is a little bit I think helping people to reflect and connect and and finding a way with all different generations to um, reflect a little bit more Um, you know people are talking about mindfulness aren't they, you know you go to the doctor they recognise they're recommending mindfulness because it's, you know, healthy, you know, it's in Japan, I was saying, you know, they're recommending a walk in the woods to avoid, you know, depression, but, we, you know, we know that thankfulness is, is better than antidepressants, you know, uh, in terms of what it does for us, so, so I think it's, in those settings, helping people to take a step back from the imminent experience, and then asking what is really happening, so is it that, that, that really you're in a summer period where so much is happening, but due to your insecurity um, and your lack of ability to enjoy the success, you know, and because of that insecurity, you feel like you're going through, but actually you're in summer, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because that's what happens, doesn't it, if we, we haven't got the foundations. So I think with all those, for all of us, there are certain foundations of being in Christ, fatherhood, acceptance, our lives hidden with Christ with God, you know, sonship, daughtership, you know, you know, God's with us, you know, that whole kind of scenario that then lay the foundations for us to reflect more deeply about the seasons of life that we're going through.
and and I think helping people to do that is is you know a real and it can be quite evangelistic as well. Um, you know the number of companies and businesses that are you know you're putting meditation and stuff at the front. Well, we you know we should be getting in there and you know putting Christ at the centre of that. We'll see a lot more impact, I think. So I hope that's useful. Any other? There's room for one or one or more. Perhaps my answers are too long, but there we go. It's a problem I've already always had. God, we've we've come to a perfect conclusion. Phil, 